there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to the DTC Podcast. I'm Eric Dick, and today we are thrilled to have Tori Belknap, VP Marketing of Tuft & Needle, the grizzled veteran of the D2C Mattress Wars, along with Nicole Campagna, Senior Growth Manager from Sheer ID. Now, many brands struggle with how to be present during a crisis. Retailers have been hit hard by the pandemic, and those who continue to lean in have not only found and continue to find new customers, but they find that they've found uh, very loyal customers that stay with them. Today, uh, uh, we're going to explore how brands like Tuft & Needle emotionally connect with consumers in difficult times and yield significant dividends by aligning their brand initiatives with performance marketing efforts to create exclusive offers that honor and resonate with target audiences. Nicole and Tori, welcome to the D2C podcast. How are you both doing? Great. Thank you so much for having us. Very excited. Uh, okay, Tori, let's start with you. Uh, you are a, as we say, a, a veteran of the of the of the Great Mattress Wars. Can you tell us a little bit about your hero's journey uh, and how you came to be where you are in the marketing world? Yes. So I have a weird journey for sure. I actually have been with Serta Simmons Bedding for over three years, almost four years now. I started with them at their version of a direct-to-consumer company called Tomorrow Sleep, which some people may remember, most probably don't. Um, but what they wanted to do was start to compete in the space against the Caspers and the Purples and you know all of the other kind of competitors, um, including Tuft & Needle. And after about a year and a half, uh, what they decided is that rather than trying to start their own version of a DTC company, they would do better to um, actually merge with a, a company that's already has a foothold, a loyal following, uh, great customer experience. So they ended up purchasing or acquiring uh, Tuft & Needle. And so through that process, I worked with the Tuft & Needle team, became really uh, involved with their management and marketing folks to you know, talk about what worked for us, how can we continue to improve the experience for the Tuft & Needle customer. And through that ended up just coming on full-time to, to Tuft & Needle. So my role now is not only to manage the media buying for Tuft & Needle, but also for Serta, Simmons, and Beautyrest brands. So it's it's been a weird, weird journey. <laughs> very, very interesting. Now, I wanted to ask you, what is, we would you say has been the, the unique superpower that you have as a marketer or as a manager that's really allowed you to be successful in your role? Um, I think the ability to adapt and change as needed. This is a very weird industry as, as I'm sure anyone who's who's done any research on it can tell you. It's very competitive and going from a brand and my background, which is very um, DTC focused, digitally native brands, and now trying to work through some of the challenges that these legacy brands like Asserta and a Beautyrest are facing, where Beautyrest, as of you know a year and a half ago, they didn't even have e-commerce functionality. So it's definitely been able to um, adapt to explain some of this new technology to executives and other individuals who maybe aren't as familiar and really making a case for why we have to move and move quickly. 
you're, you're like the chosen one between two worlds there because you have you've worked <laughs> at this, these big companies for a while, but you have the performance market. You know what needs to be done in the performance marketing world, but you've got yeah. to be able to like whisper to the to, to the big companies. Yeah. To, to get, I'm sure that's a, that's a real struggle or it can oh, be, yeah. be a challenge. Oh yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think every big company has its own challenges, but when you come from one that's hundreds of years old and has done things this way for hundreds of years, it's, um, it can be, uh, it can be special, special case, <laughs> definitely unique challenges. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, how about you, Nicole? Why don't you give us a little intro into your marketers heroes journey and tell us a little bit about Cheer ID. Yeah. So um, a little bit about myself. I've been working for tech companies for about the last seven years in the demand gen slash growth space. And one of the reasons that I came over to Share ID was for a long time, I've been working in the space of technology. But what I really love that Share ID does is we really help the consumers in different segment groups receive special offers that are meant just for them. And so what I really liked about joining this team over here was that at the end of the day, what our product does is not only does it help brands um, really you know, gate and keep those offers special for these consumers, but it really helps a lot of different consumer groups um, receive really great different offers that are just for them and it keeps them specific just for them. And so here at Share ID, we're really just about verifying those offers and making sure that you are who you say you are at the end of the day, so that brands, you know, aren't eroding, you know, their brand at all, but also the customers are really receiving that special offer. It's so interesting. And it's, it's again, it's just an example of, of how good things can be when you really lead with value. You're, you're just providing value to, to, to consumers based on, on their identities. So you're by celebrating their identities. Uh, and it's, it's, so it kind of makes it a no brainer as you're selling it to, to brands or to, or to any of these groups. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It really is. And what you said hits the nail on the head. It's really leading with the value for them. And also what it's doing, it's tapping into more than just like their demographic data. It's really brands really showing that they know their, their customers and connecting with them on a whole different level instead of kind of, I always think of the, the Joe from, you know, the, did you guys ever watch that TV show on Netflix? You? I didn't see it. No. Okay. So like, so what it was We're missing out friend. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I gotta see it. I'll get on it. <laughs> yeah. You'll definitely want to check it out after this, but really, but it, in you, what happens is this, this guy, Joe, I believe is his name. He is stalking um, this woman and it's all based on this kind of surface level data that he can see out there from her Instagram and her Facebook and her shopping habits. And, you know, what, what we really are able to help brands do is really go a step further. It's not creepy. It's really helping them put an offer out there for the customers. And then the customers coming and redeeming that offer and giving that information on their own and, and deciding to opt into that. And so that's something that um, has been really valuable for not only for the brands, but for the consumers as well, just with all the changes that are going on right now with data and security. Yeah. Uh, now, like... In terms of emotional, you know, purchases that you have an emotional connection to, uh, you know, I imagine that beds are one of the, you know, one of the most personal connections we have. I, I, I broke the bank on a bed, uh, you know, eight years ago, and every single time I lay down into it, I, I thank myself for having invested in something like that. Uh, so I was wondering, Troy, can you tell us a little bit about the emotional heart of the Tuft and Needle brand and really how you think about, uh, you know, connecting with consumers on that emotional level? Yeah, so I think to understand the, the heart of Tuft & Needle, it's helpful to know the origins. So JT Marino and Dehi Park are the co-founders of the company. 
And about eight years ago, they went to go buy a mattress and JT in particular just had a really bad experience. He had very pushy salespeople and the delivery experience, they like tracked mud into his apartment and he paid too much money for it, he thought, and then he couldn't return it. And it was just a really bad experience. And so what they did as a result is they went and they created something we called the hate list. They basically wrote everything down that they thought was wrong with the industry. And uh, between the two of them, they thought that even if they could just fix a couple of those problems that they had identified, that they would make for a much better experience for the customer. And so over the years, that's really been the foundation and the seed of every value that we have as a company. We consider ourselves transparent. We are honest. We listen to the customer and they give us feedback about our products and we incorporate them and make sure that we're making adjustments based on what people are you know, wanting and needing from us. So it's, it's definitely about uh, putting the customer first, listening to them, providing the kind of experience that we would want as customers and making sure that we're giving that to every, everybody, making it accessible. Very cool. Can you talk a little bit about how you came across ShareID and what that first integration looked like? Yes. So funny enough, we have been giving military discounts for years but we used to do it manually. So we would have individuals call and they would say, you know, they're, they're in the, in armed, you know, forces or wherever they, they were doing their service. And we would kind of just take their word for it. And, you know, we, we like to assume positive intent and work for the 99% who are, who are honest and not trying to take advantage. So we would just manually go in and, and give these individuals a discount. And, um, it just became such a uh, time suck. And it was a poor experience for the customer too. If you want that discount, you normally just want to you know, put it in online and be able to get it and go. And we were having them call us or chat us so we could, we could do it for them. And so Sheer ID um, really helped provide a solution to all of that. They made it more timely, much better experience for the customer. They verified that you know, the information they were telling us was accurate. And it was, it was really just a fantastic solution for what we were trying to do. Very cool. And, and so what other, so give me some example of other segments that you can target with Sheer ID. You've got, you've got military, uh, nurses, yeah, uh, what other sort of like key identity targets are there? First responders, I believe teachers as well. Um, Nicole, you probably have a more thorough yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. We, and so, um, first responders, healthcare workers, you know, anybody in the healthcare community, teachers, students, seniors, I mean, really you, you name that identity segment. We, we can verify that. Super interesting. And like how is, and I imagine identities are a growth market as well. Like I imagine more and more people are looking for ways to kind of identify themselves, especially in ways that, that can provide discounts and things like that. Like how big of a slice of the pie are we talking about with people, people with identities? Yeah. I mean, really it's a, it's really around 70% right now out there on the consumer base. Wow. It's a large amount. And this is something that's that's new, really the tough needles of the world and brands are really tapping into this. This is a new way of personalizing the approach and reaching out to the customers. And okay, so let's talk about the, the, the so we you talk about being 70% of the addressable market potentially in these groups. And then what kind of lift can you see when you market with these, uh, you know, with 
celebrating these identities in mind on the on the on the front end. Are, I guess I, I guess the question for you, Tori, are is are you specifically um, you know using these identities um, top of funnel with your ads in order to drive higher conversion percentages when people get to a, some sort of customized page that celebrates their identity as a nurse or a first responder? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this definitely provides opportunity for personalization and creating more relevant ad experiences to individuals who have purchased from us, maybe, you know, giving them additional discounts for coming back and buying a second product or even just giving them relevant content to who they are and, and what they have identified that they care about. So it's, it's definitely been an opportunity for us. I love it. So that, but that's more of a middle or bottom of funnel. That's for keeping customer lifetime value. You, you know, that's awesome. You almost have mm -hmm. like, what's the average lifetime on a bed? It's like, you almost can just set your, your, your watch on it in a way uh, yeah. as to when you're going to be, you know, reaching back out to them again. But I'm wondering, are, is this something that can work top of funnel as well in terms of yep. uh, sort of advertising these groups? Absolutely. Yeah. So there are ways that we can leverage the information that we're getting from the customers who have used ShareID to find lookalikes, to, to find other kind of attributes that maybe are similar, that we can try and find others who kind of fall into the same uh, sort of grouping. Um, you want to try and make it as, as segmented as possible because you want it to be as personal as possible. Very cool. Um, and then what, what kind of boost do you see on the conversion rates? Like when you're using these, these sort of customized funnels versus ones that, that don't take into account anyone's identity, what sort of, yeah, what sort of boost are you seeing? So we've done some testing where we've had personalized, uh, assets that have gone out and then led to kind of a custom landing page that speaks to that same audience and kind of uses the same imagery. So it's meant to be a very consistent experience. And we have seen, you know, between five and 15% lifts in conversion rate when we use that tactic. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Significant over, especially, you know, 50, 60, 70% of the addressable audience as well. Absolutely. Um, very cool. Now, one of the things, Nicole, we, we talked about was iOS 14, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people's identities, people's data have never been, um, you know, more contentious or, or, or more of an issue right now. I'm wondering, like, how do you feel, you know, we're all trying to guess ahead of what the iOS 14 sort of situation is going to be like, uh, what is it going to, what does it mean for a product like yours? You know, for us, it's our stance is it's, it's a good thing. Customers should have more control over their data that they provide and that they share, you know, business is really, it's based on trust and this helps with that. Um, that's why our product is completely opt-in and it's itself um, attested. One of the reasons that um, our founder, Jake, had started ShareID was because it was very personal for him. His wife is a teacher and his father-in-law is a military veteran. And he saw that they were having to go and give very personal information, like right in front of people or over the phone. And so he wanted to create a product that allowed people to keep their data safe and to opt into giving the information and not having to give, have it just floating around out there or leaving it at the front or potentially having it left on a voicemail so that they can redeem an offer. And so for us, this, this is something that we, we really think is, is a good thing and is gonna help really create even better trust. And what that does is it creates even more retention for brands because then their customers feel valued. They trust the brand that they're working with and that's what continues keeping them coming back for more and like tori was saying then when they when you have that data you know as as a brand and you have it yourself and it's that first party data you can continue to build off of that 
And that's the name of the game for all brands these days is building up that first party data. And when you can use a tool that allows you to enrich it in a meaningful way, you know, in a way that's not just like, oh, I know they're a nurse, but I know they're a nurse and that they valued enough to use it in checkout, uh, mm -hmm. for instance. That's, what about what about you, Tori? I, I know we, we spoke a little bit about iOS 14. I, I bet as a as as the head of uh, of acquisition or, or marketing at, at a company like yours, it's it's something that's keeping you up at night a little bit. What are your top level thoughts on iOS 14? Oh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> we are definitely in the opposite boat of Nicole at Sheer ID. So it's it's definitely more challenging to give re reason to customers to give us some of that really personal information and. That's something that we're constantly trying to test and understand is what do people care about? Is it discounts? Yeah, people care about discounts. Is there other value adds that we can give to them? Resources, we've talked about, you know, instructions on how to sleep, which sounds really goofy, but, you know, no one ever gets instructions on the right way to lay on your side or, you know, these random kind of ideas that we have floating around on what do people care about and what can we give them that would make them feel like they want to hear from us and they want to continue to engage with us and give us some of that really uh, more personal information. So it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, but I think it'll be a good test too. And a real opportunity for your kind of product. Like, you know, I, I'm Absolutely. more likely to develop that kind of, you know, with, with the idea of jobs to be done. Everyone wants to feel rested. Everyone wants to feel alive and vibrant and all those things. So you've got a pretty good base to work from, I feel like. Um, and I'm going to give that information more than I would to a teeth whitening product, for instance, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I yeah. mean, we're, we're banking on that kind of. <laughs> Very cool. And yeah. is that all done? So, so then you're doing that post-click, you're doing that with sort of just engaging people over email. I was just wondering are, uh, uh, how you guys were using SMS. Do you have anything to speak to there? We aren't currently. It's something that we're exploring for 2021. Okay. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we had some questions on here about just be, about like speaking with your consumers, like at, during these challenging times, we, we've, we, you know, we haven't, these challenging times are actually probably a year old as of, uh, almost today. I feel like we're in the, uh, we're in the, the year anniversary of, of the first sort of lockdowns, uh, happening. And I'm just wondering how, how have you addressed that? I guess start with you, with you, Tori, I'm wondering, is that something that you think about when you're messaging uh, people on your list? How have you sort of messaged people around the, the things that are happening in the world? Yeah, we have definitely been using and, and being cognizant of incorporating recent events into all of our messaging, all of our creative, all of our conversations with customers. Um, you know, it's also required us, I think, to be more transparent and over communicate, you know, there's been a lot of supply chain challenges, for example, with in the last year, just because of everything that's been happening. And so we want to make sure that we're being over communicative and we're letting everyone of our customers know that, you know, we're, we're sorry, we're going to make it up to you. We're going to fix this problem. If, if there's something like that, that's occurring, um, it's also been a really good opportunity for us to take a step back and reflect on what the expectations are for us as a company. You know, there are definite things that customers are requiring us to do now, you know, with the, the Black Lives Matter movement, mm. um, you know, how, what are we doing to improve diversity in our workplace? How are we, you know, improving our diversity in our assets and our creative? Um, so it's, it's required us to really take a step back and almost pledge to our followers and to our customers that we're going to do better. Interesting. But it's been, and, and, and that's filtered into, into all your, 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 your customer communications. Absolutely. Uh, 
very, very, very pivotal. Uh, interesting yeah. stuff here. Um, okay, so one other question too about you know once you have these you know these identities as part of your customer avatars, uh, nurses, first responders, teachers, students, um, what are you doing on that in that post click in that email environment in order to leverage those identities into uh, into more sales? Is it is it literally just emailing people along those lines, uh, or or what have you experimented on the back end with? Yeah, so we've definitely experimented with um, higher level breakouts. So, you know, nurses versus um, a first responder and um, how does the creative reflect that? Can we modify copy to speak a little bit more specifically? Can we create um, specific discounts, for example, if, you know, during COVID, there was obviously a very stressful time at the, at the beginning where this everything kind of hit all at once. So can we give deeper discounts for individuals and, and make sure that we're speaking to that and knowing that, you know, they know that we're empathetic and we're, we're here to help support them get the rest that they need while they're going through this crazy time. Teachers for back to school, you know, new year, you're going to need a lot of, you're going to need a lot of good rest when you're dealing with students, for example. So there's Especially this a lot year. of opportunity. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot of opportunity to um, think about life moments or moments that happen throughout the year. And, and how can we assist with making your rest a better, a better experience? Love it. Uh, Nicole, uh, what are some other, like, really, have you seen other people use the product in really innovative ways for their marketing? Any examples? Yeah, I mean, I think some of some really great examples that were happening, especially at the start of the pandemic was Chipotle actually went out and offered free burritos to nurses. So any they gave thousands and thousands of burritos away at all of their locations for those frontline workers, which was just phenomenal to see. And it, I mean, the lines were crazy and it, the experience was great for them because they could instantly verify it and receive that much needed burrito after a long day's work, which was awesome. That Fit Fun, which is a subscription box, they were giving out free boxes to healthcare workers during the time. Rothy's, they jumped on board and they started really working on helping create masks and doing discounts for not only just like frontline healthcare workers, but teachers too. You know, I think you bring up a really good point. Like with, this is a very, I, my neighbor's actually a teacher and she's got her kids, you know, working, she's working from home. She's trying to teach class online. She's trying to do all these things. And so she's a frontline worker as well. And so seeing all these different brands really step up and step out to help help this their consumer base was really inspiring to see especially during this year when there's been a lot of negative right like we haven't not everything's been positive not everything's been great but some of these brands like tough to needle and and other customer brands that we have that we help are really going okay we're gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna give back to the people that are making our brand successful and that's been something that i think has been really positive to see and i think we don't hear enough of Meeting customers where they are is is something that we sort of say again and again on this podcast. And I think that the sheer idea tool and these opportunities, you know, these you know these things that are happening in the world, when people can kind of view, can kind of put those things together, uh, you know, you can really meet customers where they are, which is only going to help the customer experience, help your sales, help every, everything. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very interesting. Well, Tori, while I hear, I, I, I'm just really curious about, about traffic. You know, uh, I'm, I'm wondering from tough to needles perspective, you know, what does your, what does your sort of, uh, you know, digital marketing mix look like and what platforms are you, are you maybe more excited about in, in 2021? Yeah. So because of all the events of the last year, we've definitely been a little bit more conservative with our spending. And so we've pared things back a bit, um, and really focused on just driving, you know, bottom of funnel to mid funnel performance. 
We're also working right now on a rebrand, which is is super exciting for us. We've got new management in, in, in the house now. And so that's something that we're going to be building up on. And I think what really excites me about that is the opportunities to go into um, some more of the channels that I think some of our competitors are already in that we haven't really had the opportunity to play in yet. So I'm thinking OTT and CTV. We haven't really done a ton of podcasts or audio uh, audio ads at this point. Um, SMS that you mentioned before, all of those are on the table and really also opening up some of our event opportunities. We have nine retail stores across the across the country. So we're going to be able to step up and do more in-store events hopefully soon and uh, really try and drive foot traffic in addition to digital traffic. I love it. And that's as brands reach maturity that really, you know, when you start out, you really have this idea, you got to, you know, your hammer, your Facebook ads, your Instagram ads, really grow mm -hmm. that digital presence. But as brands mature, we're hearing again and again, it's, it's really that holistic approach that does include retail and especially for products that you want to experience in a lot of cases, like, like beds. Absolutely. Yeah. The retail stores have been pivotal and, and really providing that full uh, experience to our customers. It's, not only where they can go and physically try the products, but it also is where we can um, really put our best customer experience reps out there and give them the pivotal top to needle experience. So it's been critical for us. I have to ask just because it's top of mind. We just did our, our three-day uh, pre-sale page challenge where we, we, we taught the lost art of building, uh, you know, content-rich pre-sale experiences for, for products, especially ones that have higher average order values. I have to ask you, are you building, are you using pre-sales on your Facebook and Instagram ads? We are not at this point. Oof, we are well, not. Well, we should talk. If we want to talk pre-sales, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll whip you up a pre-sale and see how it how it helps. But no, I'll, Perfect. I'll, always have to ask. I wanted to ask, is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have while I have these two powerful women on my podcast? What do you think, Nicole? Um, one, one thing I don't think we've touched on actually is, um, Tori, if maybe talking about what you do for the fire departments. Um, that's something that I think is just so it gives back and is such a great program. And, and maybe if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we, um, are you talking through like share ID or are you talking about our gives back program? Give backs in just in general, like what I think you guys do a lot of great give back programs. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we have an, we do have a really incredible gives back program and we try and focus on um, different areas up to this point we've been um, pretty generous with, you know, with things that people individually care about. So for example, we've done a lot of um, school donations. So if you buy a mattress in a certain school district, we'll give funding back to that school so they can, you know, afford more supplies and um, other things of that nature. We've worked with a couple of charities like Sleep in Heavenly Peace, Habitat for Humanity. Um, we definitely value volunteering and, and giving back, and that includes to you know a bunch of a bunch of organizations and, and groups in the community, including, um, like you mentioned, the fire departments, Habitat, other other groups as well. This, this level of, of corporate um, responsibility, communication, I, I find so interesting. One of our first podcasts we did with um, Vessi Footwear. And, and, and you know, it, it's, it's awesome to do these altruistic kinds of things uh, for the world, but they also have benefits that go throughout your marketing, your customer experience. Like it, it's really a, 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 you know, again, leading with value type situation and, and it brings value through your whole organization. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's also... Um... It's been a really cool bonding experience too. I will say, you know, when we weren't 
relegated to our homes, we were able to actually dedicate full days where we break up into teams and all go and volunteer together. And so in addition to it being important to customers and to people who are buying from you to know that you're giving back and you're doing good things for the community, it's it's really a morale booster and it it provides a lot of um, good bonding amongst team members. So it's it's been valuable in, in many ways. Uh, I would say. Very cool. Uh, we just, we have one stock question that I'll, I'll, I'll spring on you as well. If you, uh, if the Canadian government, let's say I'm Canadian, my Canadian government decided Tuft and Needle needed a $50,000 grant. Where do you put it into your marketing budget right now? I would say right now, because we're working on rebranding and we want to continue to improve the story and, and elevate our story and, uh, help explain customers what we bring to the table com- compared to some of our competitors. I would say we'd focus on getting some really solid creative and then uh, finding some good personalized advertising opportunities to relay some of those creative stories. So I think a perfect example, like we just talked about is teachers. If you know we're thinking school, They've obviously had a really tough time recently. So can we tell a really compelling story about a teacher who, you know, is getting better rest with our product, be it true, or, you know, we can get some actors to do, to do that for us and um, really relay that to others out in the, in the space who are teaching or who, you know, have teachers in their families and just really make it a, a more personalized story that's meaningful and that has, has value to the individuals who are going to view it. That sounds like a great idea. Also sounds like a pre-sale page. Uh, so it sounds like it'd be great on a pre-sale page. But uh, but no, that, that that does sound excellent. Uh, what about you, Nicole? If there was, I know, I know, you know, it's a it's a bit of a different thing running a software business. But I'm curious where where you'd put, uh, you know, a 50k grant. You know, I think that that's a great question. Actually, it's very similar to one of the things that um, Tori was just saying. I think where we we probably put it is really getting the customers who are going through and doing the share ID experience, like incentivizing them to come and talk about it. I think that's kind of one of the first things that comes to mind for that we've been thinking of here is it's such an easy and like seamless experience, but we want to like, you know, also like give back to the customers in some way. And we'd love to probably put it into into that because those testimonials are the best. It's great having not only our own customers talk about ShareID and and what we do, but really having the consumer who's going through the process and experiencing that on the front end, like really elevating that story, I think would be what we would put that towards. Love it. So if people want to know more about ShareID, what do you suggest they do, Nicole? Just come, feel free to just hit the website, shareid.com, and you can learn more about it there, especially under the retail side of the house. Go to the retail page um, because that's most of your listeners here uh, and you'll get some good information there. Fantastic. Uh, thank you both for coming on today, Tori. Uh, I would love to have you at some point. One of the things we love to ask is when, when we get, um, you know, high level D 2 C folks on here, we want to try to get them to write a, a blog post for us in the future and become part of our D 2 C boardroom series. So I may hit you up about that. Um, I would I th- be glad to, I think you got a lot to share. Uh, which is fantastic. So thank you both for coming on today. Go to sheerid.com. Tell them that D2C sent you if you do it um, and when you do it. And yeah, thanks again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, cheers, anytime. Anytime.